Greetings, readers. This is the Recap Book Chat. We are thrilled that you're with us because reading illuminates your life like a star. As J.R.R. Tolkien said, little by little, one travels far. And welcome to the Recap Book Chat. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are closing out 2022 with Winter Garden by Tristan Hannah, which I really love her. Yes. And this book, I will say, was given to me by Kim Cowan. So I want to say thank you to her. And also she gave it to me that she said she didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we didn't read it for a long time. I know she she gave it to me with a bad book review and I don't know if she finished it, but she just didn't like the beginning of it. And I will say that, and will you agree? The beginning is really hard. Yeah, it is. It's, there's just, it it seems like it takes a long time to see any growth or, you know, it just seems like we're in a, or any hope, I should say. We're, yeah, we're, we're in, in a, a dysfunctional family. Yeah. We're like a hamster on a wheel. We're going round and round, and you're like, ah! But, and you really don't think there can be hope. I did not expect the story to lay out like it did. So, I would say this is not a book to abandon. Stick with it, because her writing is still really, I mean, it's, it's remarkable, but interwoven in it, my favorite parts of the book were the parts where the mom tells this uh air quotes fairy tale and that just gets it it just pulls you into the story Mm. but i i'm like that so we have two sisters meredith and nina and not close at all (laughs) and they they had this um they both loved their dad had a great relationship with him but in the picture, their relationship with their parents, like a teeter-totter, and they're down at the bottom with dad, and it's just all good. And the mom is way up, isolated, all by themselves, all by herself, and she doesn't even look at them. That's kind of their life. Mm-hmm. And the relationship, they have such a good relationship with their dad, but no relationship with their mom. Zero. And it's, yeah, like he really, he's, he's the glue that held the family together. The dysfunctional family. Yes. You know, they were Mm -hmm. totally dysfunctional. And so you, you really think there's, you know, no hope (laughs) because the whole story takes off when he dies Mm -hmm. and he gives each one of them, uh, you know, he tells Nina one thing. He tells Nina to make sure the mom tells her story because she's never told this the whole story. She just tells a part of it. And the lights have to be off when she's telling the story. Why and do you think that is? I, I don't, I don't, I kind of thought she was crying. I think I had to do, definitely had to do something with vulnerability. Yeah. Like not, not because it's, it, it's her life story. And so getting that out there is like, and then everyone's looking at you, you know, can, yeah. I guess that's vulnerable. And it, it really is about her lifetime during the, in Russia. And, um, oh, I forgot how old she was at first. She's just, 
15 right because then remember the mom and the boy and she's like she's just 15 oh yeah i think so something like that and just really she had a good relationship with her dad who was a poet right a poet Mm -hmm. thinking and um he was what what was the she called him in the fairy tale the black dragon right stalin and that's stalin and so there's a lot of that um that you know, we and I when I'm reading this, all how terrible their life was. I mean, um, I, I'm just kept, couldn't believe that we were allies with him because I was just it bothered yeah, me. I know. I it just doesn't make sense. Well, I don't know. And but I just like, you know, they just because their dad their dad was a writer, uh, he was taken away. And then they were just in poverty and they go back to the, her grandma's house, which was like, I, I pictured that being extremely small. Yes. And then, uh, oh, in the meantime, she did, she does marry. She, she gets married. What was she probably 18 when she got married or? Yes, I think so. And has two children. By the age of 22, right? Yeah. And in there, I mean, then he goes to war. And so it's her mom and her grandma and the two children. And um, in this little, I mean, I want to say hovel. But I mean, and we forget, you know, now we're having a blast of cold for, you know, it's like two degrees or one degree. They did that all the time. Yeah. Well, there was a big change of events because... As I, for some reason, it went from bad to worse because for a while there, you, you could stand in line and get rations. And then as, as the story progresses, I mean, they're burning the furniture. Well, and so this is modern day St. Petersburg. And it's like, I mean, this, anyway, the, the, I think it was bad off before war even started, but then the the city was under siege so they couldn't get any supplies in or out so it's like nobody's getting food you know and um i liked and so you're going back and forth you're going back in time to and then you come back to present time and the two sisters are like daylight and dark but one of them uh is like she stayed there and the other one uh the other one was a is like a world famous photographer, so she's been all over the world. So she didn't come home much, and then Meredith, she's been there, worked with her dad, and married, and has two daughters, and she's the reliable one. And and, and so, so they're totally different. But at one point, her um, Meredith's husband Jeff tells her she is just like her mother. And whoa, <laughs> she was not too happy about that. So which which of the sisters did you feel like you related with more? The younger, you know, Nina or the Meredith? Um, well, I would have probably been more like, I, I wouldn't have traveled all over, but I would not have stayed. So yeah. I would have left. I would not have been able to to stay there under those circumstances you know but yeah she she did and she she... well it's it's funny because i relate more with meredith 
So I I could like I could see that. So, but oh, Nina I'm Nina's getting, a little I'm... bit more of a rebel, and so she <laughs> she she goes against the flow. So, but that I love how they at the end of the story how they tied all that in there, like you know, and that's really everyone has their place. Everyone needs to be different, you know, and then it's beautiful. Yes. Well, and then I liked when. Um, Nina, she knows it's it's a script, but anyway, they're trying to get the she's trying to get her mom to talk. So every time when they sit down to a meal, <laughs> she has everybody they have to answer something. And of course, my mine was uh, my favorite one that they did besides songs, movies, or whatever. One time she said your favorite author, and then the mom said Doctor Shivago. Yeah, and I thought, oh, didn't we read that? <laughs> Yeah, said, that's the one you made me read because I was just like, I'm going to put that on the back of the shelf. <laughs> but then I was glad I read that because I have a connection in my book. I said, oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm surprised that she liked that, actually, because I'm like, because she she never talks about her life in Russia and doesn't even, you know, go by her given Russian name. And, you know, so that's that's funny that she's yeah uh and then one time you know she's meredith is like her mom because her mom has a wall around her and meredith's husband says uh mayor you have a wall around you and i'm tired of climbing it yeah and i went whoa i mean he pretty much told her what it's like living with her now Mm -hmm. the weird thing about meredith's mom is her and her dad had a good relationship yeah that's ironic, kind mm-hmm. of. Which you you get told at the end, so you just gotta keep going, because it all makes sense at the end. I mean, really, at the beginning though, you're thinking she's just a horrible mom. You're like, really, I can't believe she does that, you know? Uh, yeah, like the, you'll get little snippets, like Nina's going away to summer camp or somewhere, and she, all the other moms are there, are waving and everything. Her mom brought her and dropped her off and left. And she didn't look at her. And and the girls that's say what that broke, she doesn't That's what look broke at Nina. Yeah. yeah. She won't look him in the eye. And the, But that's the memory that Nina kind of, she stopped seeking Caring. her mom's love. Yeah. She, she tried to not love her mom, which that didn't work, but she tried to distance herself, I guess. And then Meredith's breaking point was when she wanted to put on a play, which was based on the fairy tale, mm-hmm. thinking she was seeking her mom's approval. And she got a scathing for it. And oh, so, and, and humiliated because she didn't even get to finish it. Yeah. And Jeff was there. Her, mm-hmm. I mean, they had all, I guess, been childhood sweethearts. So, I mean, uh, man, it would have been tough. It would have been tough. But I love the, I love how, and she, she does such a good job of writing it. And she does it so well, um, pulling the past and the present together and really connecting them. Like, I. And that's, it's a story that unfolds that you, you can't hardly put it down. Like, I mean, it does take a while, I think initially as, but most books do to get kind of in, so you kind of know everybody, but. But this takes I feel a like little it's... longer. I think it takes a little longer too, but to, because of the dysfunction, it's, it's difficult to read. I think. Yes. Because like you said, there wasn't hope. You thought there was no hope. But when she starts getting into her story in the fairy tale which it starts off as a fairy tale but when she starts telling that it like i think that's what but i think that's what the book does 
So the book, like you said, it starts off kind of, you know, tightly and then it just kind of it loosens up and expands over. But I think the you have to it. have that bumpy beginning to cherish the end. You have yes. to have that. You have to go through that difficult stuff. Uh, her writing is, I had this one uh, circled. Nina couldn't really blame Meredith as soon as their little conversational jumper cable had been used. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought that because every uh, night they have, she calls that jumper cable, but it is because it, and then after that, after they all said their favorite book, silence. But she said she liked the new, um, the so-called new tradition. But, and then I put a note out there, old habits die hard. That's good. They do. And, but, and it's like, that's why you kind of need rebels to kind of shake things up and not hold and keep doing the same thing. You know, because yeah, no, at one point their mom is having trouble uh, dealing with her loss of Evan, which was the dad. So Meredith, and she's trying to run the business and everything puts her in a assisted living or a nursing home. Mm -hmm. And wow. When Nina hears about that, here she comes and breaks her out. <laughs> And then she's going to stay and take care of her. So they're fighting about that. But little does Nina know, because Nina's dad said, get her to tell you the story. She has to finish it. Well, Meredith is done with the story. She doesn't want anything to do. But so she's packing the house up. But as her mom, when her mom tells the story, she like sits outside the door and listens for a while. But she won't miss the story either. And I don't think any any reader would close the book once they get into the story no i i you know you just can't i mean i i lost a lot of sleep on that book <laughs> so, sorry no but it was good it was i mean there's just points when i'm like i i gotta know what happens you know i gotta know so and there's it, and she just does a really good job of giving you this background information of uh like the historical background information you know like at one point in the Russian story that's back during the um the Great Purges, um or no, this this was during World War Two then, while they're under siege, I think. But she's pulling off wallpaper and boiling it because there's flour and oil and something and the glue from the wallpaper, um, just so they because that's how hungry they were. Like that's what they were doing. And like I never even heard of that. And so I mean, she does, she does her homework. Yeah, she does her homework, and just the just the fact that people lived through that—it's amazing. Like, I mean, the grit that it took, and 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 it, and she talked about too, which I guess I never really thought about a lot. But if you're starving, which most of them are starving, like you start to have brain fog, like, and you're not thinking clearly, which makes sense because you don't have. So, like, I think that's even harder to survive when you're starving because you're not even thinking clearly. Yeah. You don't even know what's going on. Yeah. And I, I thought of, it's called the black Knight. That's who, who it was. And, but they're in the midst of all this, she still had a little bit of humor because when Vera fell in love with the young tutor, she tells her mom, he, he took my breath away. And the, the mom says, uh, be careful you will need your breath <laughs> and I just thought well even in the midst of that you know the mom and Vera were you know they went through a lot together and it was whew, 
Well, so Vera, who, so she's the main, she's the main character that the book's really about. She's the mom that was mean, that we, that we just get the picture that she was mean to these girls in America. But when it goes back into her story and she's 15, her dad was taken away and killed by the, the secret police because, and this was during the Great Purges. And so it's like, we kind of got a picture of what it was like for people there, there's generations of people that lived through both of those, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I never thought about it. Like, and so, or and even before that, because they kept, Vera kept talking about even her grandma and her mom had lived through things similar. Mm-hmm. So it was just every, I guess it was hitting every generation with something really bad. But yeah, so her dad was taken. So she had lived through that where they're getting rid of um, anyone who's a writer or a poet or anything like that. And then, then World War II, and they're living through that, being under siege and all that. So, And not to mention the severity of the weather, too. Cause, oh, I mean, yeah. But what, one thing that I have, I couldn't hardly believe how cold it was in the, in, where they were, so it was so cold that when they opened their eyes in the morning they would bleed yeah and, and they opened them too quickly yeah I was yeah just like oh and mean, the amount of people that froze to, it froze to death and she said you know there'd be there's bodies laying on everywhere they would just stop if you stop moving you know and then she kind of said she quit walking around them so i guess they just walked over over them you know yeah. i guess at first it would be pretty sad and then you know after a while you you would just get callous to it and that was one of the worst winters i think too so it was a double whammy so not only are you having extreme political problems and unrest and war you're also having nature you know and she's trying when when um you know, like Vera, she's trying to help her kids deal with this. And I don't know if we think about what, and, and I, I found that I put a quote that Vera knows comfort will not help her children. And then, then I put, they need, and then I put page 311 and I'm like, wait a minute. What did, what did I say? <laughs> Vera knows that comfort will not help her children. This is a lesson she has learned since the snow began to fall on Leningrad grad her children need strength and courage now as they all do it does no good to cry or whine for that which cannot be had and then she goes over to the fallen chair and breaks off a leg cracking it in two pieces she feeds it into the uh, and they have a name for the heater or something like that and um, that she gave her wedding ring to get that one of my one of my quotes is similar but a little bit different but uh hope is a fragile thing easily broken if handled too much and i'm not sure if i agree with it but i just thought it was written so pretty like i love i I understand why like the characters that saying that you know doesn't you know has to do that to survive but um you know i like that another one i liked is uh she hadn't been where it mattered making memories with her husband and children and because that, that's Meredith when they were looking at old pictures after her dad passed away she noticed they were like of her of her husband and her dad and her kids and stuff and she's like where, where was I 
she said probably washing dishes and doing you know Whoa. And then another time I put some funny things because one time Nina, you know, she doesn't really care what she looks like. And Meredith is picture perfect. So Uh when Meredith walks in, Nina looks, she said, you look like a Unabomber. And she said, good morning to you too. (laughs) (laughs) I don't let it get to her. At one point she, she was literally asking Meredith, like, how do you always look so good? Like, and she's like really wanting to know and it's funny because some, there are those people that no matter what they do could look look really good. I mean, I played basketball with some that like, you know, like looked had their makeup done, looked great, and then they step off the court looking the same. And I'm like, I'm, I'm probably sweated like twenty buckets of sweat or something. Yeah, I'm like, I, I didn't wear makeup, but there'd been no point because it would have been <laughs> it would have been gone. Well, so. in in the in that when she was talking about what her children needed in before that it had had the quote, anything can become ordinary. And I think she, she said she learned that from, you know, like stepping over the bodies or anything like that. So I think sometimes we can do more than we think we can, but we haven't had to, but mm. even that can become ordinary, you know, cause I've heard a lot of people say, well, my kids won't read at night. My kids won't do this. And I think, well, that's what a, what a great thing. If reading together as a family or, or everybody having their own quiet reading time, if that was a habit and it became ordinary, mm-hmm. but when people say, well, my kids don't like books or whatever, that just means they haven't found the right book because you know, what a comfort for something like that one book we read where it was actually a comfort they'd had. Oh, it was the Agatha Christie book. It was a comfort for them to have tea time and people are dropping like flies. <laughs> and then they said, Oh, what a comfort to have tea time. Great connection. That was such a great connection. Yeah. And I mean, and people just like, are it, dropping like flies. <laughs> oh, tea time. Okay. Oh, I'm so okay. much better. Such a difference. Yeah. But that like our, our, it connects with the power of habit book we did too, the last time. Um, because it's that the reason why she, like you're saying, became ordinary because her brain was making that a habit. Oh, so it's very like good connection. So yeah. then, yeah, so you're not noticing. So that's our brain's way of protecting us, right? Mm, I didn't think of, I didn't make that connection. Good job. Good yeah, job. Thanks. You must be drinking enough tea to get your brain <laughs> in high gear. Oh. Uh, I'll have a spot of tea. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm just amazed, though, of the grit that, you know, the woman had, but yet did not have the grit to make it right with her daughters, you know. And Mm -hmm. I think we do that because, like, let's connect it to the habit book. It becomes a habit. Yes. Not talking, not sharing your life became a habit and then here's where i blame evan the dad it could have been ugly but i think some ugly and we could have gotten it all out in the open and could have maybe been good for the family but i thought well maybe she was too fragile and he just didn't think you know he could he could do it so what would be your most memorable scene Man, that would be hard because it has a lot of pivotal scenes in there. Yeah. But uh, one of my favorite times in the book was when Nina makes them all take a trip to Alaska. 
because I've kind of always wanted to go to Alaska because, you know, it's 49th state, of course. Well, I just kind of thought that something important is going to happen in Alaska because um, Meredith had found a letter from a professor in Alaska and Nina kind of tracked it down. And um, I just kind of thought that was hope, a lot of mm, hope. You yes. Know. But, you know, when you were talking about the difference in the sisters, well, Nina thinks um, that she's the one that's the goof up in the family. It's funny because Meredith doesn't see herself as she is. And um, I just think that sometimes it's good to just have open lines of communication where, you know, you so you could ask someone, well, what do you think my gifts are? What what do I bring to the family? And then mm-hmm. ask and then share, and then, you know what I'm saying? But yes. that does take a degree of vulnerability. A hundred, oh, huge vulnerability. And, and, but I think that's, I think that's what it takes to get the relationships we want. Like, I think we all want this really connected and really um, open, you know, where it's like, we're, we're kind of on the same page, but I think to get there, you have to be vulnerable and probably be rejected and, and misunderstood and all of that. So I, I did like the, I did like how this bo- book really showed that how easily we really do misunderstand each other. Like, because oh, definitely, definitely. I loved that they did that. They went from, there's parts in the book that go back and kind of clear up some misunderstandings that the girls had, that the mom did, that they did vice versa. Like that when was he cool. finishes the fairy tale, everything becomes clear, but I do have a, I put on page 330, it was a pivotal pivotal moment uh, because the mom laid a, she, mom laid a hand on her forearm. Look at me, Meredith. I am what fear makes of a woman. Do you want to end up like me? And she was talking to Meredith because Meredith's husband had left her and she wanted her to call him or do whatever. And he left her because she wouldn't say she loved him. Mm-hmm. and the why wouldn't she say that you know she did love him but she wouldn't say it so I, I don't know I, I just thought that was clever because the mom right then the mom changed because she says uh I think Meredith said she'll wait to call him or whatever and the mom touches her and says never wait mm-hmm. and then she tells she tells her that I am what makes of a woman, what fear makes of a woman. So that shows you how powerful fear is because it totally dominated her life. Oh yeah. Mm. But then I love, if you follow that paragraph all the way at the end, you know what it says? And this is after she's told most of the fairy tale. Meredith says, I do want to end up like you. I love that. That was such a great line. Yeah. I mean, so I just thought that whole thing came together. She said, you don't want to end up like me. And then she says, yes, I do want to end up. I want to end up like you. I mean, they had no idea about her story. They had no idea the, the life she had. They grew up with this woman who, who they just saw as, as was a stranger. the villain. She was the villain. Like, yeah. you know, and so I'm just like, I, yeah, I wish I wish the dad had have told him. But I guess he thought it was her story to tell. Mm-hmm. and he might not and that was my other thing I wondered I was going to ask you that do you think he had heard the full story 
I don't think it was important to him because she loved him. And, and you know what I'm saying? It, it wasn't pivotal to, to their relationship. And it was to the girls. The girls needed to hear it and everything. So, so you don't think he even knew it. Maybe that's why he couldn't tell the girls about it. I really don't think he did because it, it drained her so much. And he loved her so much. He wasn't going to ask that of her. Okay. See, that's it a, wasn't necessary. Yeah. It wasn't necessary for their relationship, but he knew that it was, it was paramount to their relationship. The okay. Girl. Yeah. You're right. Because that's totally different than, yeah. So she was, a, that's true. Very true. Cause she had a great relationship with Evan. Mm-hmm. So, but he was intuitive enough to understand the importance of the fairy tale. And, that she, and- and that was really important because, you know, you said that might be hard for you to re- read this because, you know, you kind of had a, I had a unusual struggle with my mom. Yes. But I said, but this book was totally different because the, the parents got along. My, my problem was my parents didn't get along. Yeah. And that took a lot out of, a, it takes a lot out of a kid, but that, they didn't have that problem. So we yeah. had a different, different problem, but, and, and, you know, at one point she tells you that uh, Juno was the epitome of Alaskan spirit, a state capital built with no roads leading in or out. The only way to get there was by boat or air. And we just talked about Alaska on our travel Tuesday at school. And that is a fact. Really? So, yeah. I just wanted you to know that this, this <laughs> done her work. A plus. Yeah. Way to go, Miss Hannah. Mrs. Hannah is on the ball. I, I wouldn't have thought I wouldn't have thought uh, it would be any other way. Yes. But I didn't well, know about the Russian population in Alaska either. Apparently there oh, is. Yes, I, well, it's right by Rus- Russia. We bought it from Russia. So naturally there would be Russians there. Oh, I didn't know we bought it from Russia. Yeah. For like oh. two, two cents an acre. What? Okay. It, yeah, I didn't know that. A guy named Seward, and they called it Seward's Folly, because two cents an acre in Alaska is, there's a lot of acres. Yeah. So, um, you know, and and some people think that's what we'll do about America. We keep getting farther and farther in debt. We'll have to sell parts off of of America. Oh. Because that's what, Russia needed money. They sold. They sold you yeah. know what? That's probably true. That would be so weird if you're living in a, an American state that got sold and boom, you're, you know. And then I guess they would say, well, there's a lot of Texans in there. Well, it was Texas before <laughs> yeah. it, it was China. I'm sorry. Yeah, that makes sense. So, And I loved when there, she is talking with uh, uh, Jeff and he's she's saying something about, oh, should I not say anything about that? So just leave it but there is a really good quote there. What's the quote? It says, I didn't fall out of love with you. I just fell. Oh, yeah. Can, can we start over? Heck no. I don't want to start over. I like the middle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because it's really not totally about them. It's really about the mom and the girls. But Yeah, but I'm the same way. I, I said that before. I wouldn't. I don't want to go back to my wedding day, you know, or I don't want to go back to the beginning. I, I'm, I agree. I feel like I've come a long way. <laughs> yes. So, but yeah, it's, and it's such a good story and it does wrap up very nicely. So it's, it's one you definitely have to keep reading. 
and um I thought I thought it had a beautiful ending and um just anyway so if, if you haven't heard of it um it's it's really good it's um Witcher Garden. I was, I was thinking of her other one. What else did, did she Quidditch? write, though? She wrote... So, okay, she, this is the author of, of the Nightingale. Nightingale. And so, the Four Winds. Okay. And w- there's one part where uh, the quote says, Mom changed like a butterfly emerging from a cocoon, which I would just mm, like, yeah, powerful. Oh, she's an amazing writer. Like, I, I love how she... She... I don't... It, she just paints these phrases sometimes and it'll just catch you and you really feel like you're there and uh, i mean i felt like i've been in russia <laughs> yeah like, through the cold and all of that and i i you know you almost feel guilty for eating anything after you read this book so it really this is a good book if you want to go on a diet well i don't know they do kind of talk about food a lot so yeah. i don't know maybe not they, well when they you know uh we forgot to mention her she has a little sister vera did and mm. then Olga. And it talks about yeah uh, there's a little summary near the end and um it says there there was only vera first a young woman falling in love having her babies and then a woman afraid and at one one time uh she she has to go dig on the however you say that remember she digs a trench or something her yeah, and oh, sister yeah <laughs> that's she had to work it was like a for this whatever they call it you're being a good soldier type thing but it was women yeah all it was women, women digging and, and remember and, all that. and her sister just reminded me of unbroken and i was felt like i was in that raft again and it was the with the guy who ate all the chocolate. Her sister was complaining. Oh, great so, connection. Yeah, yes. I never would have thought of that. That's and so the, true. Well, she and she was negative and everything. And this remember the lady who gave honey because she said honey is healing. So she put honey on her sister's blisters and stuff, but not on her own. Mm, you're right. She didn't. And, and she, you know, I, I'm just like amazed. Did you catch too that uh like so she did Vera did also what when she was done with that her, when she served her time and she went back home and everyone that when there was the bombs that went off or whatever she was the one that was like the last bookstore in London girl did you catch yeah. that like what did they call those that fall the incineraries or something like that and she has to dispose of it and put out the fire. Oh, yeah, well, I forgot what that was. Yeah, I know what you're talking about because um, hmm, it's been a while since we've read that. But but that's what she did. It, like, that's what that, they kept to keep London from burning down in the last bookstore in London. They had these volunteer people. And it, and I'd never really thought about that or heard anything about it till that book. And in this one, she just briefly mentions it. But that's that's what Vera was doing, too. Like, protecting during all these raids where everyone mm-hmm. else is hiding. She's a on the top keeping fires from starting in the building so and, and this is another way that she i mean just shows you a little bit of the author's talent but it it is sasha who comforts them i have no comfort left inside of me i am cold to the bone afraid that if one of them touches me i will crack apart like an egg mm. and i was just like whoa i mean hmm. yeah it is so good. Did you know that she used to be a she was a former lawyer turned writer? 
So wow. that's probably why she's good though. Cause she researches, you know, I think yeah. she's good at researching. And so you, she pulls a lot of factual stuff into her, her stuff. And so anyway, but yeah, so I think that's a wrap on the winter garden by Kristen Hannah. Check it out at your library. We're just so glad you popped in to listen and make yourself a cup of cocoa or a spot of tea and enjoy a good read. Thank you.